Good morning again. It's a joy and an honor to fill this pulpit. Not many people have done it in the eight years that I've been here. And so my, my challenge is to do it in a worthy manner. But I do want to tell you as I start that looks can be deceiving. Uh, I know I probably look like a preacher right now, but I do want everybody to know that I am wearing Batman socks. Okay? So, uh, good, good. Now that we're all fresh and ready. We sang, we sang a couple of songs this morning. I, I mean, man, we picked some wonderful ones there that really profess what you believe. All I have is Christ. Jesus is my life in Christ alone. And you don't realize that when you're singing those songs, you're actually making a profession as to what you believe. You're putting your worth, you're putting your value in a man, in a God-man who died so that you could be forgiven. And so I would say, because he's done that, that he is very worthy. Worthy by itself is defined as having adequate or great merit or character or value of commendable excellence. I would say all of those are true of what Christ has done and accomplished. But we live on a terrestrial ball. We live on a planet that unfortunately is in evil days. And so the standard of excellence has been changed. The worthiness of our lives have been valued on things like 401ks, what job I have, how good a parent I am, and things that shouldn't be the worth or the worthiness of our life. Cultural Christianity is creeping in on our doorsteps, right? We're, we're giving in to things that aren't biblical. We're giving up Sunday mornings for bright lights on ball fields. We're changing when we have a God that is unchanging and will never change. And so I want to remind you today of the standard of excellence that he requires in our walk. Because he doesn't change. How you live out the truth of what you believe is relevant right now on September 30th, 2018. And I'm going to tell you today that it matters to God. You know the truth. We just forget to walk the truth. And I think we sometimes stumble with realizing that we can be pleasing or displeasing to God. We can bring joy to the Father. And in our text today, he actually shows us how. We're going to be in Colossians 1. We're going to be looking intently at verses 9 through 14. So you can go ahead and open your Bibles there. A worthy walk is our title today. And this is an important theme in a lot of Paul's writings. It's in 2 Thessalonians that you would walk in a manner worthy of the kingdom of God. In Philippians, as a, in a manner worthy of the gospel. In Ephesians, a manner worthy of your calling. Living consistently with what you say you believe. Walking the walk, not just talking the talk. I can't remember what it is, but I remember hearing it like, talky, talky, no more talky. It's time to walky. <laughs> right? Christianity doesn't boil down to, hey, I'm wearing my family camp t-shirt. I'm a Christian. The way you act, the way you live, the deeds that you do matter to God. And my aim this morning is to show you a worthy walk through four traits of a worthy walk. And then I'm going to try to give you a couple of ways to apply it to your life at the end. Open your Bibles with me if you're not already there to Colossians 1 verses 9 to 14. Mike Dunn always gauges the sermon on how many bottles of water. Let's hope this is a one bottle. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption 
the forgiveness of sins. Pray with me again. Father God, we come before you today. We thank you for your word. We pray that it would speak truth into our lives. Uh, I must confess that I am weak and not able to do this on my own and pray that you would strengthen me to do that. Let, uh, let the words that flow out of my mouth be the words that you need for these hearers to hear. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. 9 to 14. A worthy walk is, here's our four points, rooted in knowledge, marked by fruit, primed for perseverance, fueled with gratitude. Rooted in knowledge, marked by fruit, primed for perseverance, fueled with gratitude. So look at verse 9. You need a little context or background on this text. Really, 9 is looking back here to verses 3 to 8. The text starts, look at it, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. The it that is being referred to here, and, and I had an opportunity to preach this at Grace and Bernie, is the gospel. And you can see it pretty clearly at the end of verse 5, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. Into verse 6, look at it, which has come to you, just as in all the world also it, the gospel, is constantly bearing fruit. And even as it, the gospel, has been doing in you since the day you heard of it, of it, the gospel, you understood the grace of God and truth and what you learned from Epaphras. So this flows right out of Paul reminding these Colossian believers of what they have believed. He's setting the stage for how he's about to tell them how to live. Matthew Henry had a great comment on this text. He said, referring to Paul, he heard that they were good. Look at verse uh, 4. Since we heard of your faith and love and the hope laid up for you in heaven. He heard that they were good and he prayed that they might be better. So that's my prayer for us today, is that we might be better. I think some of us are doing good, but we can always excel still more. Trait number one, then, of a worthy walk is that it is rooted in knowledge. Rooted means to be implanted, established deeply, fixed, unwavering from the knowledge that it would be rooted in. Let's look at our text here. The second part of verse 9 says, And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Paul is seeking the one, the Father, who can grant what these believers need. He told them they were doing good, but he wants them to be filled, implying that they are not filled with the knowledge of his will. And he, he qualifies this, his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. He's taking this to a place of practicality for them. He wants them to know exactly what God is telling them so that they can walk it out in a manner worthy of the Lord or worthy of the gospel. He's asking the Father. He wants them to be filled. Look at what he wants them to be filled with. Filled with the knowledge of his will. He doesn't want the opinion of man. He doesn't want us to tell people what we think. He wants us to share and live by the knowledge of the Father's will. What the Father wants in your life. So that we can live it out with spiritual wisdom and understanding. He continues in verse 9 here. I'm sorry, verse 10. So that... And this is where I really came to my crux of this is about a worthy walk. He wants them to be filled with knowledge so that they can practically live it out so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. So that indicates that this is something that Paul desires for us. And because it's the word of God, we can take and know that he desires this for us also. Well, you all know that we have a very good God and he doesn't leave us empty handed. He's given us a beacon of light to show us how to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him, to satisfy him. Look at the text to please him in all respects. He doesn't say please him on Sunday morning. He doesn't say please him at home. He doesn't say please him at work. 
He says to please him in all respects. So we have to realize then that a worthy walk is pleasing in every respect to God. Filled. Go back to the the, the previous text there. Filled with the knowledge is completeness. It's controlled. It's, It's so powerful in your life. It's rooted so deep in your life is this knowledge that it controls you. It affects the decisions you make on a daily basis. Rooted in knowledge. Not knowledge of this world. Not facts and numbers. Rooted in the knowledge of who God is. What God's done. What will happen when Christ returns. Knowledge. The truth. What we have to apply to our lives to live it out. There's another part to this down in verse 10 at the end that, I, that goes with this point rooted in knowledge. And it's that you're increasing in the knowledge of God. We're in a culture where we branch out and do a lot of things and get very busy. But we need to come back to center and know and make sure that we are increasing in the knowledge of God. He says at the beginning that you may be filled. He says now that I want you to increase. I want you to know God more. I want you to know God more so that you will fall on your knees, fall on your face, and worship the King. That you can sing, all I have is Christ, Jesus is my life, and actually mean it. Jesus is my life. Work is not my life. Sports are not my life. Parenting is not my life. Jesus is my life. Are you rooted in that knowledge? Do you know that in the core of your soul? Do you believe it? Now, looks can be deceiving, right? It's really easy to come in here on Sunday morning and look Christian. I can, I can put on a, uh, a suit. I can, I can look the part. But God knows if you're walking the walk. He knows if the words you say are just a slew of facts. Or if they're really coming from the heart. He knows if you have a deep, rooted comprehension of the sovereign God. And I want you to know that. And I want this to, to stricken our pride. I want it to humble us in a way that it would give us an attitude of submission to his will. That a walk worthy of the Lord would be a walk of perfect obedience to what he wants. Now, I'm not telling you to go out there and walk perfect because you can't. But praise God, we have a spirit that has equipped us to try. Right? Some of us don't even try. And there's moments in my life where I just, you want to give up. I know it. But you don't. You keep going. You press on. Spurgeon had a great quote here. Paul knew that spiritual ignorance is the constant source of error, instability, and sorrow. And therefore, he desired that they might be soundly taught in the things of God, rooted in knowledge. Curville Bible Church, you have zero excuse to be rooted in knowledge because it is preached from this pulpit every Sunday. It is taught in our Sunday schools. And if you're not here, you can live stream it. We have everything that we need in God the Father, in the Spirit, to be equipped to walk in a manner worthy of the God that died for you. So give up these false things that we chase and walk with Him. Be rooted in knowledge. And roots is an interesting thing. I don't know if y'all have driven by down Harper Road lately. I guess it would have been two weeks ago. There was a huge oak tree in front of another church here in town. That We didn't have a big windstorm and there wasn't a lightning storm. The ground just got soft, right? The ground just got very soft and the tree fell over. I don't know. Did anybody see that? All right. Y'all are awake? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Whoever said yeah. Who said yeah over there? All right. Thank you, Mr. Conklin. <laughs> the tree just fell over. It had, I mean, it was a big tree. Who knows how old that tree was? It had roots. But guess what? The ground got soft. The ground got soft and that tree just fell over. Right? We want deep 
roots. I was talking to my dad yesterday. He's got these pecan trees that the roots are just going straight down because they know where the source of water is. They know that it's not up here on the first six or eight inches. They want deep roots. Curvo Bible Church, have deep roots. Deep roots in knowledge. A worthy walk is rooted in knowledge. Now, I grew up watching some G.I. Joe. I don't know if y'all remember G.I. Joe. It's totally different now than it used to be. It's not near as good. But G.I. Joe always said one thing. They said, knowing is half the battle. I think that's scriptural. (laughs) Knowing is half the battle. It's what you actually do with that knowledge that matters. So trait number one was a worthy walk rooted in knowledge. Trait number two is a worthy walk is marked by fruit. A worthy walk is marked by fruit. A worthy walk in your life should be strikingly noticeable. You should stand out from the crowd. You should look different. You should say no to things that unbelievers are saying yes to. We should curb what we watch. We should curb what we listen to. And I'm not being legalistic here. We, we have the freedom and liberty to do these things. But let's be real. What we're putting in, I tell the youth kids this all the time. What you're putting in, Fortnite, whatever these games are that we're playing, it's what's coming out. And we have hours upon hours. I didn't do the math there and how many hours there are in a week. But we all have time to be rooted in the knowledge so that we can be marked by fruit. And so maybe you're telling me, I just, I can't do this, youth pastor. I can't do this. Man, I thought this was going to be a lighter sermon than what Chris preaches up here. You can be marked by fruit. We just kind of, we have to get off the couch and do it. We have to check ourselves when we, when we want to be prideful, when we want to, to just put it all on us. We have a spirit that checks us. You know that check in your spirit when it comes. Marked by fruit. A visible impression to the people that you're around. I tell my kids this also, my youth kids. If I went and asked your friends, are you a Christian at your school? Unless you homeschool because I think your parents would say yes. Okay. If I went to your school and asked your friends, are, is, is so-and-so a Christian? What would they tell me? That's going to be the fruit that's real. The fruit that's real is what people would say about you. And that's why I think in scripture, we, we see these characteristics for elders or teachers. And it's usually a man of integrity, right? In the community. The way we walk matters, y'all. It matters to God. Bearing fruit. Look at the text here. We've gotten away from the text. Look at the text here. At the end of verse 10. Please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work. In the Greek, this is actually in every good work, bringing forth fruit. You're a producer, right? If you've, if you've got the knowledge in you and God's watering it, if fruit doesn't come out, you're cutting down the tree. Let's be real. If the tree is not producing, Christ even says he will cut it down. We should be producing. We should have a continuous pattern of fruit in our life. And so the most popular one, and I could probably ask every Awana kid in here, is, okay, well, what does that fruit look like? Well, it's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Notice the text. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. My five-year-old can sing a song about it, so I know that you can learn it. Those are the things that should mark your life. It's not just, hey, I'm serving. It's, hey, I'm serving with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. It's not just, hey, I need to go pick this person up and take them somewhere. It's, I'm doing this with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. You know what that is? That's a surrender of your heart to him. Because let's be real, in our flesh, we don't want to do those things. Only guy I know in here... Man, I should not even say that, but he wants, he, he finds joy in rubbing his wife's back. Ken Johnson, thank you. Right? Husbands, we should not go, oh, okay. Right? We should say, I would love to. It would be my pleasure. That's a life marked by fruit. That's laying myself aside because I'm tired tonight and I just want to read. I want to put in more knowledge. 
when I'm passing up an opportunity to be marked by fruit. A worthy walk is marked by fruit. Everyday life, in your marriage, in your friendships, parenting, your work environment, teaching, teaching your kids, encouraging the weak, comforting the brokenhearted, correcting the unfaithful, yes, correction, helping the helpless. But it's not just doing those things. We see we have a faith that is not rooted on what I do gets me into heaven. We have a faith that is rooted on what has already been done gets me into heaven. We do these things because he did this. And so we have a heart and we have an attitude and we have a passion to love y'all, to love each other. Home groups, what a great opportunity. If you're not in a home group, get in one. Love each other. You are loved. Share the love. It's not just talky-talky. You've got to put it to work. You've got to be marked by fruit. If I pick something off of your tree, would it be moldy and black and nobody's going to eat it? You're going to try to cut it up and serve it to the kids, but they're not going to want it? Or is it going to be just beautiful looking? Is it going to be thriving? Is it going to be growing? Showing off. Here's where we boast. Who do we boast in? We boast in Christ. We show off our new life. We are created in his image. We have a new man in Christ Jesus or woman. And we show it off by living it out. A worthy walk is marked by fruit. So let me illustrate this for you. The socks was a good one, but this was even better. I'm playing golf with a dear brother of mine on Monday. And then this thought hits me. I'm telling him, I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to be looking for illustrations today. This text is just really good. And, uh, and I realize I used to just be consumed by golf. Like, it was my life. Like, golf is my life. That's probably what I would have said. Money, time, everything went to that. And I realized how much I dislike just the image of golf. This has not been improved over the last 10 or 15 years, but you walk out there and hundreds upon hundreds, probably thousands of dollars have been spent on golf clubs, clothes, shoes. Really? I need shoes with spike on them. Like I can't just stand here in regular shoes, like stop swinging so hard. Like thousands of dollars being spent on something that let's be real. You might look good on the driving range. Okay, but Heath Gregory, when you go out there on tee box number five and all your people are watching and you dribble a ball, that actually happened. Carson, Carson didn't it? Yeah. I dribbled a ball barely past the ladies' tee. Right? And I realized it does not matter how good you look. It, does, it really doesn't even matter what your swing looks like. What you're looking for in golf is the result. You're looking at the scorecard. You're looking at the marks on the scorecard. And in golf, you want less marks. Okay, don't confuse yourself. You want less marks. But in our walk with the Lord, we want more marks. We want the highest score out there. And again, this isn't, we're trying to earn his favor. This is nothing like that. This is, I believe in a God who is my life. I believe in a God that died for me so that I could be forgiven, so that I could spend eternity with God. And I want to work for him. I want my walk to be worthy I want a worthy walk that is marked by fruit. All right, Heath, be real with me, though. Like, it's not easy. This is a tough life. Trials are going to come. I get it. I'm rooted in knowledge. I really feel like my, my life is marked by fruit. But there's just days. There's days where it's tough to get out of bed. There's days where I'm tired. There's days when I stay up too late watching Netflix. I know I pick on all the ones that we all do because I do them. But there's days that we put, we put it to the test. Uh, my wife loves First Peter, and in First Peter, and she read this for y'all when we were when we got off that plane. That your faith is going to be tested. You're going to go through trials. You're going to be tried by fire, beloved. We've we've gone through that with with people in our church. There are people in our church going through that right now. Trials. And I'm not telling you that this is just, hey, this happy-go-lucky, you can get up and do it. No, without the Spirit, remember back to our text here. At the end of verse 9, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, 
Okay, this is by the Spirit that you're doing this. This is not in your flesh. Trials are going to come. Am I going to prove my faith to the Lord? Is my faith going to stand firm? Trait number three, a worthy walk is primed for perseverance. Let's look at our text. In verse 11, strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. We're going to stop right there because I think they put the uh, verse mark in the wrong place here. Chris does that. I can do it, right? Strengthened here. In the Greek, this is actually being strengthened. Right? So the, the difference between this point, trait three, a worthy walk is primed for perseverance and rooted in knowledge and marked by fruit is that you're doing those. They're active in your life. It's habitual. It's a pattern. The difference here is that this is something passive that's happening to you in the spirit, in your life. This is God enacting on your life as you are rooted in knowledge, as you're living out the fruit. He is priming you for perseverance. Right? We don't just go out and start the weed eater or blower. We got to prime it. He's priming you because he knows, he promises, his word promises that we're going to have trials. Second, you don't believe me, Second Timothy 3.12 says, Indeed, all who desire to live godly, that's what we're talking about here. Would we agree a worthy walk is a godly life? All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's just a matter of time in our country before that happens. We know of Christians in other countries that it is happening to. And guess what? That's just another trial. It's another test of our faith. Something that stood out to me. I remember when we first started helping in youth group was we had these Chinese missionaries come to us. And they were telling us about a Bible study they had. And these men ran in with guns and said, who's Christian? And a bunch of people just ran out. Well, they were kidding. They said, well, we just wanted to see who the real Christians were. And it stuck with me. For eight years, it has stuck with me. Like, am, am I going to be that one that when trial comes, when tough times come, that I run away from the Lord and I run to something worldly? Or am I rooted in knowledge? Sh- being strengthened with, look at the text, all power. He doesn't lack in anything that he gives us. He gives us exactly what we need at every moment. We can choose to please him. We can choose to displease him. But he's giving us all power. And this is where I love this text. Look at it here. All power, not according to you, not according to your bank account, not according to your lifestyle, not according to your job. He's giving you all power, real power, all-encompassing empowerment according to his glorious might. Because see, nobody in here spoke the world into existence. He did that. Who can fathom all his wondrous deeds? There's things he's done we don't even know about. He's working in your lives, in this room, right now. And we may not know specifically where it's at, but we feel those heart tugs. That's his power. That's his glorious majesty, the king, the one that we're looking forward to. I mean, this light's bright, but when we're in heaven, the light of Christ will shine so bright we don't need the sun. Yes, amen. That's the light we belong to. He claimed you when he died on the cross. You're his. Stop being yours. He's priming you for those times when it's going to come in your life and he wants, he wants you to choose him. He wants you to believe. He wants you to profess. He wants you to cling. I was thinking about this, right? Think about climbing a rope in gym class. Thank God I never had to do that. Praise you, Lord. Right? But if you're climbing that rope, I mean, it's hard. Climbing a rope is hard. It takes so much upper body strength, right? We do that in our Christian walk. We're trying to climb the rope. We're trying to get to the top. Guess what? Drop the six inches to the ground that you've made it and stand on the rock that is Jesus Christ. 
Stand on the rock. Stop clinging to the rope of false hopes and false dreams because somebody is just waiting to cut that rope and have you fall on your butt. Sorry, five-year-olds, I said but. <laughs> Do you believe it, church? Do you believe that he is priming you, that he is prime, that you need to be primed for perseverance? I struggle, we, blessing upon blessing in our life, and I use that in the perfect sense of the word. I wait for the shoe to fall sometimes. But I know I have a faithful God who will lift me up. We have a sister in our church that is leaning on the rock of Christ right now. That's what she's got. Jesus. She's being empowered by His Spirit to persevere. By his might, not in her own strength. See, the source of power is very important. The source of of where you get your strength is key. Because we can tend to rely on our strength, puff up, especially us men. Man, we can be prideful. But we got nothing on the Lord Jesus Christ. We got nothing on the Father who spoke this world into existence. He is the source. One and only. And if you're looking to something else for your strength, if you're looking to be empowered by something else, it's going to fail. Primed for perseverance. Look at the text. For attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Primed for perseverance. His glorious might primed for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. There will be perseverance. It's promised to us. We can make it through it. Jobs. Kids. We can make it through it. I'm reading a book that's shredding me. We're going to teach a class on it in the, in the spring. I can't, I can't do it in my own strength. He's cutting me. He's, he's cutting my heart because I've, I, I, I keep trying. I don't, I'm not leaning on the enduring strength of God, the Father Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the everything. Remember our song, Jesus is my life. That's your enduring strength. He suffered on a cross. He bore, bore the wrath of your sin. My sin. Heath Gregory's name is written in the book of life because Christ took the punishment that I should be getting fully every day. None of us could have withheld that. We can't even handle the the consequences of our, our little feeble sins here in this life of, of uh, being corrected. We don't like it. Don't tell me I'm wrong. I'm right. I'm a man. I should have got some laughs, ladies, because we know that's not true. I want to be primed for perseverance in the power of God. The one who defeated death. The one who cried, church, it is finished. Do you believe it? You have to. You have to have faith. He doesn't tell you're going to see it. We'll see that in heaven. Steadfastness and patience. Unmoved. Deliberate in your purpose. Deliberate in his purpose. What he wants you to accomplish. What he wants you to get through. Loyal to faith and piety. A worthy walk. Not a feeble walk. Not a shallow attempt at a walk. If you go out to walk on the river trail, do you think, I'm going to, I'm really not going to give this my, my best effort today. I'm just going to kind of, kind of walk. How do you kind of walk? Well, God's saying, how do you kind of act like a Christian? You're either a Christian or you're not. You're a sheep, sheep or a goat. Had to go back to that dad right and left, right? A worthy walk is ready, prepared for perseverance. 
It's been about a year, I think, when uh, the hurricane, I don't know why, it's Harvey, was that it, came through? Well, we grew up, I grew up on the coast. And so we had several hurricanes. I think I'm old enough now that CPS won't come get Dad if I tell him we drove back through some hurricanes, which was just, seemed like a bad idea at the time, Dad. But when you finish a tennis tournament late because you're chasing the dream of being a star tennis player, you do things like that. But here's... When, when a hurricane's coming, we have a lot of, I mean, praise the Lord, that this grace that we have a lot of time to prepare for that, right? Most people don't think, and I'm in the insurance business, most, most people don't think, whatever, I'll just let the insurance company take care of it, you know, house get blown over, all that stuff. No, most people prepare. Most people prepare for a hurricane or a storm. Hey, we get hailstorms here. Guess what? If you have insurance on your house, you have prepared for a hailstorm. You've, you've sat down with somebody, you've talked about your deductibles, you've done these things. Are you prepared for the hurricane in your life? Are you primed for perseverance? Are you being strengthened? Look at the text in verse 11. Strengthened with all power according to whose church? Whose church? His glorious might. For the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Never give up, never surrender, fighting to the end. Fixed, eyes fixed on the cross, on Christ. A worthy walk is primed for perseverance. Here's the trouble. Sometimes it's just, it is tough to get out of bed because you're not motivated. We don't, I, I, I get it, Heath. I believe the facts, but I just, I just, I don't, I don't have this motivated because, because we put this, this, uh, we feel like it just has to always be birds and butterflies, right? Like I've got to feel it every day. Well, faith is not feeling, right? Faith is roots, Roots that are deep in the knowledge of God, deep in the knowledge of Christ's sacrifice. So you need fuel, right? You need motivation. Okay, Heath, man, I'm in. Y'all are, we're on the edge of your seats. Wish, wish y'all were on the edge of your seats. What do we do? How do we be motivated? I got nothing, but God's got a couple of verses here. So look at me, look with me at verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. 13. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I feel like I could just read that text, turn my Bible closed, and walk off, and y'all would have enough motivation because let's be real, look at the things that he's accomplished. None of them are in, hey, this is going to happen in the future. They're all in past tense. They've been done. So a worthy walk is fueled by gratitude, by thanksgiving. You're powered by the accomplishment of Christ, praising his name, extolling him, because he did, church, what you could never do. He made you right with God. Positionally, right now, as you sit, you are holy and blameless. In this life, we still got to live it out. But one day, one day, church, man, and brother dear to my heart, is he's in the presence of the Lord right now. I'm jealous. He is seeing the glory of God. He was primed for perseverance, y'all. Eight, ten months of persevering, of staying true to the faith, of living it out. Every nurse, every doctor, a wife, a daughter, a church. Primed, ready to see a Savior. And the Lord had mercy on him and called him home. He was fueled by gratitude. He was fueled by thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus, that you would, that you would choose me before the foundation of the world. Why? He doesn't tell you you have to know why. 
He tells you he did. Fueled by gratitude. Look at the text. Joyously giving thanks to the Father. Giving credit where credit is due. Who has, past tense, qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in line? Who has rendered us fit? Who has made us sufficient to share in the inheritance of the saints in light? Some of us have qualified retirement plans. Right? Guess what? When the world ends, it's not going to mean anything. But we sure do spend a lot of time thinking about it. When's the last time you reflected on how God qualified you? Because he did it on a cross. There weren't TV cameras there. Wasn't a big show. He did it humbly and he did it willingly. For you. For you. For you. For you. To all that would believe on his name. Qualified us. You see, I can see striving because he has qualified us. I can't be working on my Christianity if I don't believe that he has done the work. I can't work on coming to Jesus. Just let go and be in Jesus. Let go of the rope. The rock is right here. Put your feet on it. Both feet, church. Not, not, not some of this. Both feet. Firmly planted on the rock. Because he has qualified you. You see, that's your fuel. A worthy walk is fueled by gratitude because he qualified you. Okay, Heath, that's not enough. All right, great. We got verse 13 too. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Church. I've never had to be that I can remember rescued like from a pool or, fr- or from something. But, but I'm sure some of you had. And you can know that feeling of being totally out of control and not knowing what's happening. And all of a sudden you're safe. Or I guess I can. We were on that plane, right? He rescued us from that. Yeah, Lori's like, uh, oh. <laughs> he rescued us. I don't need to be scared. I definitely don't need to fear condemnation. I can rest. I can cease striving because he has rescued. Church, this is amazing, but October 2nd will be eight years that he rescued me. And, and, And now I have the joy of sharing his word with you. Because guess what? Eight years ago today, September 30th, I would have had no interest in sharing the gospel with you. All I would have had interest in was, is Texas going to beat Oklahoma? And I kid you not, I'm on a walk. I'm on a, I'm on a men's walk where we're talking about God and I'm asking people, hey, what's the score at the game? Like my life depends on that. Only one team wins every game every year, Alabama. So, all, I mean, <laughs> so don't fix your hope on those things. Be rescued from that. What, did it, what is it, church, that you need to be rescued from? Believer, remember, rescued, past tense, it's been done. Walk worthy. Unbeliever, I want to talk to you for a second. We got kids in here. We got people that don't know the Lord. Here it is. Be rescued by Him. The Father rescued us From the domain of darkness. That's where you're planted right now, unbeliever. You are in the domain of darkness. You are under Satan's control. He wants you. He's going to tease you and make you think you're his best player. But you're just another one of his pawns. You're another one of his pawns in a scheme, in a game that he cannot win because Christ won. He did it. You are no longer in the domain of darkness. Unbeliever, you don't have to be trapped in sin. 
You can be freed from the power of sin. You can be freed from the penalty of sin. And one day you will be freed from the presence of sin if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we look forward to. That's the hope of righteousness. That's the crown. Transferred. Look at the, I mean, can he give us even a better passage for the gospel? He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. The son whom he loved. Transferred. Brought us from here to here. Made us fit to be here. Fueled by gratitude. A worthy walk is fueled by that. I am thankful to God for saving me from my sins. Walking in a worthy manner is walking with gratitude expressed in obedience. The right kind of fuel matters, church. We used to have an excursion, a diesel excursion. But I was tired one night, actually coming home from youth group, and I decided to put gas in it. Okay? That doesn't work out well. Unless you want a lot of white puffy smoke in an engine that doesn't work. (laughs) Praise the Lord, I had some people that helped us through that. But I didn't put the right kind of fuel... In my diesel tank. I put gas in my diesel tank. Well, it's not going to work. Right? And let's think about our bodies. Like, we put the wrong kind of fuel into our bodies, right? If I go eat a bunch of Twinkies, man, I'm not going to have any energy. I'm just going to have some sugar highs. Then I'm going to come down and I'm going to be miserable. What we fuel ourselves with is important. And I'm not here to get into nutrition. I'm here to tell you to be fueled by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you that if you need strength, if you need motivation, look up, see the Savior, know the cross, repent, and believe. Church, we are now, right now, and forever, if you've professed Christ as Lord and Savior, you are eternally secure under His sovereign reign, and you are in His sovereign hands. He will not let anything happen to you that he does not want to be allowed to happen to you. And he will give you the strength to persevere so that you can show everybody that doesn't believe, I'm standing on the rock. A worthy walk is fueled by gratitude. A worthy walk is rooted in knowledge. A worthy walk is marked by fruit. A worthy walk is primed for perseverance, and a worthy walk is fueled by gratitude. So how do I apply this to your life real quick here? Well, number one, there are no shortcuts in this text. Okay, I'm going to take your application right from here, so if you don't remember it, you can go home tonight and read it. In verse 9, at the end, it says, His will in what church? All... All, not some, all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that you will walk in a manner to please him in church. All respects. Bearing fruit in every good work. Strengthened in all power for the attaining of all steadfastness. There's no shortcuts. Walkie, walkie, no more talkie. Stop taking shortcuts. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. No shortcuts in your prayer life. No shortcuts in your Bible reading. No shortcuts in your love to others. Lay yourself down because you deserve to be on a a cross and Christ took your place. That's pretty good application. Number two, it's a walk. He doesn't say it's a marathon. I mean, I'm sorry. He doesn't say it's a a sprint. He doesn't say running. He says walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Slow and steady wins the race. Be increasing 
Be being strengthened. A worthy walk isn't about getting there first. Although we want to be there first. A worthy walk is about walking it out every day, every moment. When you don't want to discipline your kids. When you don't want to be nice to your wife. When you don't want to go to work. When you don't want to preach and you think you're going to vomit the night before. Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. As we close here, the standard has been set. I feel like we've seen here that there's no shortcuts and he demands excellence. Praise him for the spirit to do that. Because we can't keep that standard. We're going to mess up. We're going to fail. Church, here's what you have to remember. He forgave every sin. There's no sin that you're holding on to right now that he doesn't have the power over and that he hasn't paid the penalty for. So let go of the rope. Stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. Don't be like me on Monday looking the part up there with my driver and then dribbling it down the fairway. Practice. Be rooted in knowledge. Be marked by fruit. Demonstrate the life that has changed in you. Be ready. Be primed for perseverance. And be fueled by gratitude that he would save a wretch like you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, your word is truth. We pray now that as we close with song, Lord, that your word would penetrate our hearts. We pray, God, that you would fuel us, fuel us by the gospel to go out into the world this week, Lord, to be rooted in knowledge, to be marked by fruit, to be primed and ready for perseverance, Lord. You have given us the fuel we need. We pray, Lord, that we would see it and that we would live for it, that we would have a worthy walk. And God, we lean on you because we need your strength for this. We need your strength as we walk through the doors here today to lift us up, to lift our eyes and make them be fixed on you. We ask all of this in the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen.